We're in a brand new week, better yet, a brand new month. June is here, summertime creeping on in. And what better way to start your work week than talking Crimson Tide football, doing it on the hottest show on the streets for all things Alabama football news, notes, and information. You are locked and loaded on to in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, streaming this to you, well, coming to you via Tuscaloosa, but streaming this to you on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button right now and turn on those notifications so that you can have the best in updates, analysis, coverage, and content on your Crimson Tide. But we got a jam-packed show prepared for you today. A lot to discuss, a lot to get into, but we start off with introducing the man that stirs the drink, the maestro in the room, the guy dropping that flavor in your ear that you love so much, my right-hand man, John Ivory. John, what's up, what's up man? What's going on, man? What's up, Tide fans? Doing great. Um, no, there's a lot going on, but at least we have In My Own Words with Stephen Smith, and we're going to have a good show. Absolutely. We want you to be a part of the show, Crimson Tide Nation. And you can do this by dialing 205-448-1358. Once again, the number 205 205- 448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 want to hear from you your thoughts your opinions your viewpoint on the Alabama Crimson Tide but we go to a couple of updates here to start the show and we begin in sort of a somber mood as as much as we enjoy the Iron Bowl the Alabama-Auburn rivalry every November during football season. We love football, but here in the South, we also love individuals that make a difference and pave the way for other other people. And we lost a pioneer today as former Auburn head coach, legendary head coach in college football, Hall of Famer Pat Dye uh, died today at 80 years old due to kidney failure. Uh, Coach Dye, who was tremendous for the Auburn football community, someone of whom was a native Georgian, but he got his first big moment in terms of coaching, working with former you know, legendary Alabama football coach Paul Bear Bryant. And Coach Bryant took Coach Dye under his wing, treated him like a son, taught him some things. They both had a very precious, very beautiful friendship. You know, Coach Dye was an out, a linebacker's coach on two of you know, Coach Bryant's national championship teams at Alabama, and he just wanted to be able to provide and have a way to where, just like Coach Bryant was mentoring young players and helping young athletes, he wanted a chance to have that type of influence and impact. And, of course, in 1981, Coach Dye got the chance of being – the head coach at Auburn at 1982, he beat Coach Bryant and the Crimson Tide 23 to 22, and was a part of you know bringing the Tigers four SEC championships. He was a three-time you know SEC Coach of the Year, produced a Heisman winner and Bo Jackson in 1985. Just did a lot for that Auburn program. Really brought the program up and made it successful. So as much as we enjoy football, we love football. We enjoy the rivalry. That is the Iron Bowl, college football, the Auburn family, just the state of Alabama lost a great ambassador, a friend, a legend in Pat Dye, who went today at 80 years old due to a kidney failure. He also contracted the coronavirus, but our our thoughts of our prayers of condolences, hope, you know, peace, strength to the Dye family and the Auburn family. And Along with that, another update here, as you have seen what's been going on here with our country in terms of the shootings that have been taking place, uh, the murders in terms of the racial injustice and also uh, police brutality in the months here of February, March, and of course the month of May, we've had the deaths, the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and also George Floyd to these these instances. And you've seen the the protesters out in the street from coast to coast. We have seen the riots. We've seen so much stuff break out 
on social media, on the television screen, and for thoughts from so many people, including myself, is when will all the senseless, when will all the violence stop, when can we get back to loving, appreciating, valuing, just understanding each other and having a communication with each other as the human race, as one race, not seeing black, not seeing white, but seeing a full you know, human race here, and I applaud the University of Alabama as Coach Saban released a statement attacking this issue. Uh, Dr. Bell, President Bell released a statement. You had Alabama men's basketball coach Nate Oates, athletic director Greg Byrne, Alabama women's basketball coach Christy Curry, and also you know Alabama softball coach Patrick Murphy. Everybody in the Crimson Tide program, former players, current players as well, using their social media platform to speak out and to talk about these things and you know for me as much as you know I may not always agree with what people say or condone what people say or co-sign what people say I'm a firm advocate of let's have a dialogue let's have a conversation let's have a talk to get to the root you know of these issues and as much as people are upset about the racial injustice and the police brutality that's going on all of the rioting all of the tearing of buildings the tearing of infrastructure that's not going to really help anything what's going to help something is being able to sit down with your lawmaking abiding citizens, having a talk, having a communication, having a dialogue, or getting a peaceful protest going, or getting a petition signed, something constructive, something, a strategy that would really sort of benefit the issue of let's get back to having a conversation and hearing people out. So that's just my thought. You know, if we want to showcase the love, if we want to get back to being that one nation, not just one nation under God, but also one nation of hearing each other out and hearing every thought out, we got to get back to having a constant communication and a dialogue and seeking the proper solutions for uh, this nation and this country. But just my thoughts and two cents on that. Really happy about the University of Alabama speaking out. But we dive into topic one of the conversation. What we really want to get into, and that's talking Crimson Tide football with the best fans, the Crimson Tide Nation. Well, JP, on last week, I decided to get rid of my coronavirus hair. I decided to end the quarantine afro, the quarantine hair. Went to the barber shop to get the cut. On last weekend, as I'm in the shop, there are so many people, there were about a couple of people I was talking with outside of the area, and the conversation was, of course, you know, Alabama football. And two of the people I spoke with basically said, well, you know, we just want Alabama to look good this year. We want the offense to look good. We want the defense to look good. We want the special teams to look good. But there was one particular person, and I don't understand quite how they knew my name. <laughs> they probably are just fans of In My Own Words, and I didn't know about it. But the guy literally gets up, and he goes, Steven, you know, I don't give two cents about the offense. Like, I don't care about the offense. Like, it doesn't matter who wins the quarterback race. If Mac Jones wins, we're going to be okay. If Bryce Young wins, we're going to be okay. If Paul Bear Bryant's great-grandson wins, we're going to be okay because you know why? Alabama's got the talent around the quarterback position at running back, at wide receiver, on the offensive line to where quarterback play is going to be fine. Don't really care about court. Don't really care about the offense. Don't really care about the about the special teams. My thing is the defense. Are we gonna have the defense that we're so used to having, Stephen? The last two years, especially last year, I have never been more ashamed and embarrassed of being an Alabama fan because last year that was not us. It's fun to score points. It's fun to put touchdowns on the board, but we're about defense, Stephen. We're about slapping teams in the face and smacking teams in the mouth. 
When are we going to get back to having that defense? That 2016 defense, Stephen, was the greatest team, was the greatest unit of all time. Do we have a Jonathan Allen on this defense? Do we have a Deron Payne? Do we have a Tim Williams? Do we have a Ryan Anderson, a Reuben Foster, a Rashawn Evans, a Sean Deion Hamilton? Do we have those types of personalities on this defense, Stephen? Because that's what I want to know. Do we have the personalities? on this year's Alabama defense. I want to see defense. So as this guy is talking to me about this and being very adamant, being very animated, being very passionate about his viewpoint, I took out my phone because I thought, you know what? This would be a great talking point here for the show. So right now, we are going to compare this 2020 group with the 2016 group in terms of the headline names that people talk about. So the first headline name that a lot of people go about is, you know, Jonathan Allen. Who's Alabama's Jonathan Allen on this year's team? Well, I believe it is LeBron Ray. LeBron Ray is this year's Jonathan Allen. Like Jonathan Allen, LeBron Ray doesn't talk much, but he does his business on the field. He is dynamic on the field. He is a leader. He is a weapon on the field. He's battled some injuries, but he's back healthy. He's back 100%, and he is ready to take his talent on the field at 6'5", 291 pounds, around the same plane weight or at the same plane weight that Allen was. LeBron Ray a couple of inches taller than Allen, but he's a guy that resembles the toughness, the determination, the mindset, and wanting to get on the field and have that type of productivity that Allen had. So my Allen would be LeBron Ray. In terms of my Deron Payne, give me DJ Dale. Both guys from Birmingham, both guys were number 94. Both guys had strong freshman seasons. Now, Dale got hurt as a freshman, but both guys strong freshman campaigns. We saw Payne as a sophomore in 2016 take a huge jump up, take a huge step forward. Expect the same things from DJ Dale in year two. As for Christian Barmore, Christian Barmore is a very interesting cat because he's got like four 2016 personalities inside of him. He's got a little Jonathan Allen, which means he's about that business. He's about that action. He's about that production. He's got a little Ryan Anderson in him. Christian Barmore plays angry. He plays aggressive. Ryan Anderson was always angry. He was always aggressive. There's a little bit of Tim Williams in Christian Barmore in terms of Barmore's first step off the line of scrimmage, off the snap, the ball quick, explosive, efficient, dangerous, much like Tim Williams. And there's a little bit of Reuben Foster in Barmore. Barmore can be a little bit reckless at times. He wants to make those plays, throw his body around, hit somebody with the football, just hit somebody. And that's what makes you know, this Alabama team very much so high on him and excited about him. So Barmore's got four guys in his game. Which personality will come out more frequently, more consistently? kind of remains to be seen there when I look at Joshua McMillan he's got a lot of Rashawn Evans in him for McMillan it's see ball get ball go hunt the football and that's what Rashawn Evans was in 2016 he was see ball get ball go hunt tear somebody's head off but get the football and that's what Joshua McMillan brings to the table in terms of Christian Harris I said that Barmore has a little of Reuben. Christian Harris is all Reuben. He is flying around the field. He is shooting in the gaps. He is blowing plays up. He is sacking quarterbacks. He is knocking running backs seven, eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. He is, he is making, creating negative plays. He is going to take the command from the control center of Dylan Moses, dispatch the control out there, and be able to run around, hit guys in the mouth. And although Harris grew up with the defensive back's mindset, he is firm and solid on. I'm a linebacker. Love being a linebacker. Let's go make something happen. So Christian Harris will be Ruben Foster. I've mentioned Dylan Moses. Dylan Moses is Sean Dion Hamilton. Smart, instinctive, intelligent, 
outstanding communicator, a guy that's going to make sure everybody is in the right spot upon the snap of the ball, much like Sean Dion was. But along with the communication, a tremendous playmaker Hamilton was, and a tremendous playmaker Dylan Moses is in terms of his freshman year. He was freshman on the SEC. You know, Dylan's sophomore year, 86 tackles, 10 of those for loss, three and a half sacks, Butkus Award finalist. When you dive into uh, Marlon Humphrey, Josh Job. Marlon Humphrey, when he first came in, he was handsy. He was physical, loved to jam at the line of scrimmage, loved to frustrate receivers, would get called for a pass interference and holding at times, and had to, we had to scream and tell him to turn and look for the ball. But once Marlon locked in, he became one of the Crimson Tide's better corners. The same thing with Josh Job. Can be physical, can be handsy, sometimes can go too handsy, gets called for for flags but once Joe blocks in he is going to be big time and then for Patrick Sertan the second he's got a lot of Minka Fitzpatrick in his game when he came in in 2018 people compare him to Minka people looked at him as as Minka with the talent with the work ethic with the genetic makeup as Sertan's father Pat Sertan senior played in the NFL so he's got a little Minka in his game but just going through some comparisons there of the 2020 team and diving into how they stack up to the 2016 team in terms of those personalities but folks want to hear what you think as we go to our first break here on the show upon our return we dive into your phone calls your thoughts your tweets your text messages your concerns on Bama football after this Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide back into the action folks on monday best form of crimson tide football news notes and information appreciate you guys joining us in my own words with yours truly stephen m smith of touchdown alabama magazine got the man john ivory with me and your time crimson tide nation 205 448 1358 the number two you know, let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. But number once again, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you. You can also text with that number and leave a voicemail with that number. But as you're getting your thoughts together, interesting news here on Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross, who is having to have surgery on today with his lower extremity. I think it's a leg injury, but according to uh, reporters for the Tigers, he will not be able to play you know, this season due to the surgery that he is having. And really a downer just due to the young man, the best receiver returning to the roster for Clemson to work with one Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and you know Ross a guy out of Central High School here in you know Phoenix City in the Phoenix City you know Alabama area but for uh, Justin Ross we wish uh you know smooth transition in terms of the surgery that he'll be able to continue to play football recover strong recover healthy have a good rehab have a good surgery so he can get back to playing the game you know, that he loves that being one Justin Ross, just a little update there on him, but getting into one uh, Kyle Edwards, as you guys are getting your thoughts together to call in, Kyle Edwards, the four-star running back out of Destrian High School in Louisiana, 
he uh, tweeted out on Sunday about him being really excited to get on campus to be a part of the program and play for the Crimson Tide. He was one of three running back signed in this class along with Roydale Williams and Jace McClellan and you know Edwards a bit of a taller guy at six feet 205 pounds but very productive you know high school career took his team the Wildcats to the District 7 Class 5A state championship in back-to-back seasons as a junior in 2018 and as a senior and the 2019 campaign, his senior year, he rushed for 1,000-plus yards with 16 touchdowns. His junior year, he had 112 carries for 706 yards and eight scores. And when you watch his tape, Bama Nation, this is what you need to get excited about. When you watch Kyle Edwards' tape, he reminds you or he will remind you of T.J. Yeldon, Damian Harris, and Mark Ingram. His first step and his body structure kind of reminds you of, T- of Yeldon. When he hits the hole, he's a one-cut back. He's a one-cut runner. So once he gets into the hole and starts doing his business, whether it's breaking tackles, whether it's juking guys out of the way, whether it's evading and avoiding guys, whether it's providing the step on, whatever his, whatever the moves he may put on, a defender may be kind of reminds you of Damian Harris meets a Mark Ingram but we go to our first call in the queue right now on a Monday you're live on in my own words what's going on what's going on with Steven man I can't complain here doing well on yourself I'm all right man um, I heard the first part of the show um I just want to see if I can get your thoughts on if you had heard or seen what was going on in Birmingham with the protests and everything, I know it's the Alabama football show and everything, but I just want to get your thoughts on that. I seen uh, somewhere online somebody was talking about the, the comedian dude that said something, but um, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Hope everybody down there staying safe. Anybody that might live in the area, hope you know what I'm saying. I heard there was a curfew, but I just want to get your thoughts on that and you know what I'm saying. Roll tide to everybody else. Appreciate the call, man. Yes, I did hear about the protesting going on in in Birmingham and I'm uh, dealing with, you know, one of the guys, as you mentioned, the comedian uh, Funny Man Johnson was mentioning taking down the Confederate signs and there was, you know, guys, people breaking into, you know, different buildings, different areas. The mayor of Birmingham got involved as he had a peaceful protest Sunday morning. So not sure as to why people came back out in you know this form and this matter and i understand people are angry people are angry people are tired of the senseless violence people are tired of uh, the racism people are tired of police brutality and i get that but at the same time my viewpoint is is finding a way to strategically you know get your point across and stop it because Destroying your own city is not going to help anything. Destroying black businesses, destroying businesses in general, destroying infrastructure in general, destroying possessions in general, it's not going to help anything. In fact, it's either going to furthermore conflict and muddle up and hurt your own cause and make the issue even worse because our law-abiding, law-making citizens, they're put here to serve us, serve the people. They have a duty to serve us. So as the people, we have the power to, if we see something wrong, we have the power to address that, but address that in a way that is, address that in a way that is, uh, you know, convenient, smart, intelligent, ethical, you know, convey that in a way to where our law-abiding citizens, our law-abiding people can really, you know, come to a common ground with us and we can be able to solve, you know, the issue. So when we're out there destroying possessions and buildings like this, now this puts the power out of our hands back into the law-abiding citizens and they're going, well, why should we help when we look around and we're seeing businesses destroyed? We're seeing infrastructure gone. We're seeing you know, possessions messed up. We're seeing our city that we work so hard to defend and protect. It's going up in smoke because of folks riding around. So I understand the anger. Don't get me wrong. I understand the frustration. I understand the anguish. I understand that this mess has got to stop. We got to, we, we got to love. We got to respect. We got to honor. We got to, you know, do the right things here. But in, uh, 
in the form of the Meek Mill verse to his song, there's levels to the stuff. There is levels to getting uh, something passed as far as the legislature, as far as the legislation as well. We got to be able to have a dialogue, have a communication, have a conversation with our lawmaking citizens and do this in a strategic way to where they see where we're coming from. We know where we're coming from, but have it to where they see where we're coming from and everybody hits a common ground. That's the thing we're trying to get back to in this country is having a common ground and having a dialogue on this common ground. We appreciate the call there from the uh, the fan there. But we go to another break here on the show. Upon our return, we dive into the marquee role players defensively that need to step up if this group is going to get back to being feared on that side of the football. We touch it up after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. All right, Crimson Tide fans, you are locked on to the best form of Alabama football content. In my own words, from the break, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, 205-448-1358, the number to be a part of the show. Phone lines open. Definitely want to hear from you. Get your thoughts, your views, your opinions on Crimson Tide football or whatever is on your mind, 205-448-1358. That number once again, 205-448-1358. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, your notifications, so that you can get all the updates, alerts on your favorite program, the Crimson Tide. Well, jumping back to uh, the defense of conversation here in of the show, we, we go into the marquee players, the marquee, well, the, the contributors, excuse me, the role players, they're going to have to step up. And like the first segment I mentioned about how, you know, the guy at the barbershop was telling me, you know, Steven, does this team have a Jonathan Allen? Does it have a Tim Williams? Does it have a Ryan Anderson? Does it have the marquee, you know, superstars that is needed to be successful? Well, just like you had those guys on that team. You also had marquee role players that stepped up on that 2016 team. Your Dalvin Tomlinson stepped up. The Deshaun Hands of the world stepped up, among other guys. So having those role players that are able to emerge, rise, and have tired fans go, wow, you know, where did he come from? Man, I didn't expect anything from that guy. Ooh, where did Alabama get him from? He really showed his tail. He really showed up and showed out. I was not penciling him down to be a, a solid contributor. So the role players, which role player is going to have to really, you know, tighten up that chin strap, get out there, and lay down the groundwork and get some stuff done. And just a couple of guys that come to mind for me, you know, first off, you got Fidarian Mathis on the defensive line and, and big Fi Mathis who came in the 2017 class, 2017 class out of the Louisiana area. And, um, you know, big you know, Fi Mathis is a guy that, can play either defensive end or defensive tackle, whichever spot that you know Alabama puts him at. But he's got experience. He's got pass rush moves. You know he can stuff the run. He's a guy that is part of this you know three deep rotation on the defensive front. And you know um, people 
know LeBron Ray, people know Christian Barmore, people know DJ Dale, but this is a moment for Fidarian Mathis to step up and put his two cents in, to step up and show, hey, I can be a key cog in getting the Crimson Tide, not just back being in the top five in all five major defensive categories, but also get back to the college football playoff and win a national championship. So, Fidarian Mathis comes to mind for me. Another guy is Stephon Wynn. People are waiting on him. I remember when he came in 2018, a four-star from Anderson, South Carolina. People were turned up when Stephon Wynn put in his letter of intent. I mean, big guy, aggressive guy, athletic guy, mean guy, tough guy, really, you know, strong, solid footwork. Hasn't had much of a say to this point, but now it's his moment, right? Parvet two and three deep rotation on the defensive line. Now is his chance to state his piece, to speak his mind, to uh, lay down the wood on the field and show that he means business, that he's the real deal because people have been kind of sort of waiting on him. He came in the same class as Christian Barmore. Another guy, you know, people look at Ben Davis. Well, not Ben. Well, first, before we get to Ben Davis, King Wakuda is another guy. King Wakuda. King Wakuda, who came in from Georgia in the 2019 class as a four-star, a fierce pass rusher. And uh, here is someone that, down the stretch of the 2019 season, especially in practice, something started to click for this young man. I, I know a lot of people are looking at, well, Steve, we got Drew Sanders as a freshman coming at outside linebacker. And Bama's got Will Anderson. And Bama's got Chris Broswell. And Bama's got Quandarius Robinson. We got all of these big, huge outside linebackers as freshmen that are going to make big plays. So, you know, Alabama's got the talent. And true, Alabama's got the talent. But King Wakuda. I go back to the latter part of last season. Sal Sanceri, he started the year kind of barking at Wakuda and coaching Wakuda hard and yelling at him, trying to get him to break those high school tendencies and really grasp the system and the terminology and the the moves that Sanceri was trying to, to teach him. And uh, the latter part of the year, from the, LSU, from the week of the LSU game to the remainder of the season, Something clicked for Wakuda to where he started having some of the best practices on the field. And it was, it went from Coach Sal yelling to Coach Sal going, there you go, King. About time, Wakuda. Man, that was your best rep all practice. That was your best rep all season. That was patting you on the butt, son. That was your best rep all year, King. About time. You lock it in. You lock it in, young man. You lock it in, son. And, and, and I would hear this every single practice down the stretch of the year to where King had started to finally really get it. So here is somebody that was a twitchy, big-edge rusher in high school. Now, a part of last season, finally started to catch on to this is what Coach Saban's telling me. This is what Coach Sal is telling me. This is how the older teammates are trying to kind of direct me and push me and show me how to do things the right way and consistently do things the right way. So King Wakuda, another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing sort of step up a bit here. Behind him, Kevin Harris II. Kevin Harris II, a lot like Wakuda in a way. He came in in 2019 and a little bit undersized he's gained some weight but you know coach Sal was on him you know telling Harris you know you gotta do it like this you gotta cut him off you gotta tackle him like this you gotta take the way stop chopping your feet like that cut and just go burst in there and go take his head off I want edge I want nasty I want attitude take his head off Kevin do you see what I'm telling you so Coach Sal was getting it, Kevin Harris, the same way he was getting it, you know, Wakuda. And Kevin, you know, he got it toward the middle part of the season, LSU game throughout the remainder of the year. Harris starts locking in. Harris starts understanding, okay, this is what I need to do on the field. So he's another one, too, to kind of keep your eyes on building that depth, building those, those creatures on the field where pressure can come from all angles. Another guy here, Jarez Parks. And this is somebody 
that I'm really high on. I mean, here's a young man at 6'4", 240 uh, pounds. If you remember, he was supposed to have came in in the 2017 class. That was supposed to have been his class. We all know the story. You know, Alabama didn't get to him in time in the recruiting cycle, in the commencement, you know, the commitment day, the letter of intent ceremony there, and he had to take the gray shirt and cried on national TV because he really wanted to be at Bama really badly, but he took the gray shirt, he worked out, he trained hard, he had to watch the recruiting class he was supposed to have been in, win a national championship in 2017, but he came to Alabama in the spring of 2018, along with Savion Smith and the young man out of Florida, this is a year for him. Can he break through? Can he crack that rotation? Can he get on the field and and show that you no, know, he can affect the quarterback? He can give you quality minutes, quality energy, quality production, quality plays. Because for the Bama fans out there, when you see a guy like Jerez Parks, wanted to be at Alabama so bad. And when he couldn't get here when he wanted to, the emotion, the hurt, the anguish, the pain, the tears on TV, that's the type of young man that fans are going, I want to see him do well. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him excel because he wants to be here. And the guys that want to be in Tuscaloosa, fans really support you know, those guys. So Jerez Parks, another one. And then, you know, last but not least, is this finally the moment, you know, for Ben Davis? People have been waiting on this for, for a long time. He came in 2016 uh, from Gordo High School, five-star guy. You know, his father, Wayne Davis, was the all-time leader in tackles in the history of Alabama, 327. And, and, and people really just thought – the moment Ben gets in here, he's going to be great. He's going to get it. He's going to understand it. He's going to be a monster, a dog. It's going to be hard to keep him off the field. He has had some um, He has had some issues sort of mentally locking in, mentally focusing in, you know, having the right mindset of uh, what is the reason why you're at Alabama. You know, Ben Davis is at Alabama, but sometimes he, sometimes he struggles with the reason of, okay, why am I here? What is the purpose of me playing for the Crimson Tide? What is the purpose of me playing for Coach Saban? What is the purpose of me playing for over 100,000 fans, you know, every Saturday in the fall? What's, what's the purpose? What is my why for being here? He had some trouble kind of ironing, you know, hammering that down. I believe now is the time that Davis has finally understood the why he is here, has finally kind of understood the purpose of him coming to the program way back in 2016 as he now enters his you know, redshirt senior year. Because even though some people have sort of wrote him off, the mass majority of fans still believe in Ben. They're, they're still going, you know, I believe in Ben. You know, I know Ben can do it. I know it's deep down there. I know he can still play. I know he can still be, be productive. He's just having a hard time. Ben Davis's moment will come, and it's going to be big time, you know, when it comes. So hopefully for Ben, he has locked everything in. He has put all the pieces to the puzzle together, and we can truly see what we were expecting to see, you know, four to five years ago. We can finally see it, you know, flourish and develop on the field in terms of the 2020 season. So just like people name the, uh, you know, marquee headline names that were special, in 2016, there were a lot of role players that stepped up. There were a lot of role players that provide that depth, the quality minutes on the field, the quality energy on the field, the quality production on the field. They made plays. And the same way they made plays to make the overall team better that year, Alabama fans and the coaching staff was looking for the role players for 2020 to take that same type of, of initiative and help those star players out making this defense dynamic but we take another break here on the show don't touch that down we come back we unpack more of your phone calls thoughts tweets questions concerns bring them all in here right after this
Downtown Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide all right still popping around ladies and gentlemen from the break on the best form of crimson tide football news notes and information you will find anywhere in my own words with yours truly Stephen m smith of touchdown alabama magazine on a monday got the man john ivory here with me in the production studio. And as always, Tide Nation, this is your time. 205-448-1358, the number to call in to voice your opinion. One to hear from you on Bama football or whatever it is that you want to dive into. 205-448-1358, that number one more time, 205-448-1358. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Turn it on. And turn on those notifications so that you can have all the updates, alerts, analysis on your Crimson Tide. But as we, as you guys are getting your thoughts together here, another cool topic, and it goes to one Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, Smitty is uh, getting some serious praise here from the guys at Pro Football Focus, a site that dives into the analytics of college and uh, the NFL and according to the graphic that PFF put up over on last week or over the weekend Devontae Smith when targeted provided a passer rating for quarterbacks of 152.5 that was third in college football behind only Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs III so once again the passer rating that Smitty provided quarterbacks to Otonga Vangoa and Mac Jones was 152.5 a season ago, according to PFF, which was third in college football behind Jalen Waddle and one Henry Ruggs III. This is a young man that led the team in receiving yards, 1,256 touchdowns with 14 yards per game, 96.6 a season ago, three 100-yard games, a pair of two 100-yard performances. And while you know, people make the thought of, well, he's got to gain more weight, he's a bit too small at 6'1", 175 pounds, he's got to get bigger, I'm going to introduce – Two receivers in this conversation that play, have the same playing weight and just about the same size as Smitty and either dominate the league or are continuing to dominate the league. First and foremost, Smitty is starting to get quite a few comparisons to pro football Hall of Famer and Indianapolis Colts legend Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison was one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. Just let me tell you that right there. Marvin Harrison, he didn't talk a whole lot, wasn't a big talker, a quiet assassin, much like Smitty is. Marvin Harrison, at six feet, you know, 185 pounds. He wasn't a big guy. He wasn't a burner. But when you talk about the smoothest route runner in the league at that time, could nobody run routes like Marvin. Smoothest route runner. Very crafty. Cunning, deceptive with his route running and speed, could work off press coverage, could work back to the quarterback. I mean, Peyton Manning to this day is probably in a church right now going, Jesus, thank you so much for allowing the coach to draft Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, I really do appreciate that because that man saved my butt a, a few more than a hundred times. So, crafty route runner, big time as far as his catch radius. Harrison was catching everything, whether it was in traffic, whether it was post-pattern slant routes, toe-tap catches, just catch radius was incredible. Great route runner, tremendous pass catcher, worked back to the quarterback, highly instinctive, knew how defenses would play him. He played in the NFL for 13 seasons from 1996 to 2008. We're talking eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team NFL All-Pro, Super Bowl champion in the 2006 season, 
Marvin Harrison was the real deal. And along with him, you've got Deshaun Jackson, who is still in the league. He came out of the University of California, Berkeley, in the 2008 draft, and he's 5'11", 175 pounds, the same plain weight as Smitty, a couple of inches shorter than Smitty, but Jackson, since 2008, we're talking five 1,000-yard seasons. We're looking at three, a three-time Pro Bowler and a guy that is the most instant offense weapon that the Eagles have. So Marvin Harrison and Deshaun Jackson, two guys that are on the smaller size as far as you know height and weight go, like Smitty, but massively productive. You know, in the NFL. So when, when people always bring up the fact that, you know, Smitty's too small, he has to gain a whole bunch of more weight, I always kind of bring up the guys that are around Smith's same height and bodily structure that are killing it in the league. Now, Smith may have to put on maybe five more pounds. If he can get 6'1", 180, 6'1", a buck 80 is fine. 6'1", 180 pounds is fine for Devontae Smith because at some point, as I mentioned on last week's show, you are, you are what you are. You are who you are. And for Smith, we know he can catch the football. Smith does not drop passes. We know he's an exceptional route runner. We know he can attack the ball at his highest point. We know he can work back to the quarterback. We know he is a unselfish, willing stupendous blocker he turns around and if he's not getting the football he's laying that 175 pound frame on somebody and blocking them completely out of the play doing things that promote good teammate good attention to detail good focus these are just some of the reasons why you know coach Saban really likes Smitty you know as a player so he's trying to get a first-round pick stock and uh, trying to be a top top 15, top 20 guy. But according to PFF this past year, 152.5 passer rating. He provided quarterbacks third in the college football. And he's looking to do even more in the upcoming season here. We go to our next break here on the show. But continue, folks, to light up the YouTube chat line. Light up the call-in, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you, 205-448-1358. Upon our return, we tackle another interesting question. Will we see a freshman star in the secondary? We touch it up after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end-of-the-year magazine issue. Go to touchdown. Alabama.com today and roll tide. All right, Alabama fans, college football fans as well. We're back into the hottest show in the streets. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Once again, people, uh, feel be, be sure to line us up in the YouTube chat line. Be sure to line us up with your questions in the YouTube chat line. Also, you know, 205-448-1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. But now we look at the Alabama defensive secondary here. Where Could there be a freshman? Could there be a true freshman to emerge, to rise, to start in this secondary? And for me... Only it, it happens in only one of two reasons, right? 
Reason number one where I could see a true freshman starting is this particular player is just really good, right? You can't keep him off the field. Coaching staff can't keep him off the field. They just become tremendous in the off-season summer program. They're tremendous in the weight training, flexibility, speed program, and they're just outstanding in fall camp. And Nick Saban, in his mind, is going, there is no way on God's earth we cannot play this young man. We, 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 we got to play him. We, we got to start him. So that's one way of where I can see a true freshman start is they just blow everybody away. The number two reason to where a true freshman could start in the secondary it comes down to Ronald Williams Jr., the JUCO corner out of Louisiana, hails from Hutchinson Community College at 6'2", 188 pounds. Now, Nick Saban, he wants Patrick Sertan to play nickel. That's the goal. That's the idea. Patrick Sertan at nickel is the idea. At star, at the slot corner position, that's where he wants Sertan at. But the only way he can put Sertan there is if Ronald Williams Jr. comes up, comes in here, goes beast mode, snaps, clowns, rises, and takes that corner spot. Because right now, Josh Job, let's just say for all intents and purposes, because I honestly see this happening, Josh Job takes one of the two corner spots. Because he's going to take one of those two spots. He's aggressive. He's physical. He's mean. He's tough. He's nasty. If he can just learn how to be physical but not let his emotions get in the way of his game, he is going to be a knockdown defensive back. So let's just say for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, that Josh Job takes the first corner spot, takes one of the two corner spots. The other spot comes down to Sertan and Ronald Williams Jr. Saban wants Williams taking that spot because not only does it get more DBs, not only does it get more athletes on the field, it allows for Saban to transition Zertan over to nickel. If Williams struggles, if the Juco, if the Juco young man struggles tremendously, now it becomes Williams would be a backup behind either Job or Sertan, because that would keep Sertan at one of the corner spots. You would have to go with what, what, with what you know, and that would open up an opportunity in that nickel role. That would open up an opportunity in that star role for freshmen. And we've seen what freshmen have been able to do in that role, i.e., Minka Fitzpatrick in 2015 took on that role dominated, as I should say, in that role. So the freshman that could be looking for this opportunity, if in the event, I'm not saying it will happen, but if in the event that Ronald Williams Jr. struggles and Patrick Sertan has to stay at outside corner and Ronald Williams has to be the backup, here are the freshmen that could benefit. Number one, we're looking at uh, Brian Branch. Brian Branch can really benefit the young man from Tyrone, Georgia, Sandy Creek High School, and he was a highlight safety coming out of high school, an interception machine, you know, much like Minka Fitzpatrick was coming out of St. Peter's Prep School in New Jersey. He was a highlight uh, safety. He was a highlight freshman. So Brian Branch, a guy that can, you know, read the ball, dissect the ball, pick the ball off, undercuts routes, breaks up on passes, so... Brian Branch would be the first guy that you think about that could potentially rise and start in the secondary if there was a struggle there to Ronald Williams. Another guy, I would look at Jaquez or Jaquez, Rob, Jaquez Robinson. Well, Jaquez Robinson, excuse me. So Jaquez Robinson, he was, who is 6'2", 190 pounds now out of the Florida area. Robinson came to Alabama early in the prep for the Citrus Bowl. He enrolled on campus early just to get a quick start on, you know, learning the system. And here's a young man that's got long arms, big hands, a lot of length, a lot of physicality, can jam, can run, can defend, can cover. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Trayvon Diggs in terms of the athleticism, but he has the potential to be a bit better or be a lot better than what Trayvon Diggs was in terms of being just a consistent cornerback, a consistent 
DB, a consistent playmaker in defending the ball, uh, frustrating wide receivers, not allowing them to make you know, big-time catches. So, Jaquez Robinson, another guy. A third guy that could be kind of special here is Malachi Moore. The question is, will he be able to get on the field as a freshman? That's the big thing. At six feet, you know, 180 pounds out of Hewitt Trustville High School here in Alabama. You know, I remember our own Justin Smith, the lead scout and the recruiting analyst for TDA, got a chance to cover more a lot. Also, Smith and our own John Ivory, hey, hey, was able to do a day in the life on one Malachi Moore last summer. And, you know, that was pretty awesome to see that as well, just getting a glimpse of how he is as far as a player, as far as a young man, a son, a brother, a teammate, just a full package that is more. And according to his head coach, Josh Floyd, a guy that's very instinctive, tough, hard-nosed, great tackler, breaks up on passes, creates turnovers, always around the football. The question that is for him is, will he be able to break through all the guys kind of in front of him to get on the field? I think he has a chance to play. I think Alabama may spot play him if they don't choose to redshirt him. But in terms of starting, can he simply find a way to break through there? And then last but not least, you've got Christian Story out of Lynette High School here in Alabama, the 1A state player of you know the year, a guy that won a 1A state championship and uh, uh, an individual that broke a lot of Alabama high school, you know, records, playing quarterback, you know, playing receiver, playing some on defense as well. But his father trained him in how to be strategically, you know, a quarterback. This young man, 6'1", 213 pounds, will play at safety for the Crimson Tide. And, you know, for him, got a ton of athleticism, got a ton of playmaking ability, got the body size as well, but much like – you know, Malachi Moore, can the Christian story find a way to maneuver everything and push himself onto the field to potentially be a starter? So Alabama's got depth in the secondary. There's a ton of depth here. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of bodies. There's a lot of guys that are four and five stars. There are a lot of guys that came out of high school as big-time players. There are a lot of guys that have the potential – ability and capability to be starters it's just going back to my two thoughts number one which of these freshmen will have Nick Saban go oh my stars gotta play him cannot have this young man right at the bench gotta play him gotta put him out there gotta start him he is leaps and bounds head and shoulders above everybody else that's thought number one thought number two is as much as Coach Saban wants to have Patrick Sertan at slot at the nickel corner spot and uh, Ronald Williams Jr. as the outside corner opposite Josh Job, Williams at 6'2", you know, 188 pounds. If there is a struggle that happens to Williams, if there's a struggle, if he comes in kind of confused, if he comes in you know, having a difficulty adjusting from Juco ball to, you know, major division one college football marquee program, the mecca of college football, that being the Crimson Tide. If there is a struggle with Ronald Williams, then you can look at having Alabama keeping Sertan at outside corner, Williams being a backup, and this opens the door to a freshman. This opens the door to a highlight, game-changing, big-play freshman. Who wants it? Who wants to take advantage of it? Who wants to be you know, a big-time star? Because in reflecting back to the 2015 season for just a moment here, not only was Minka Fitzpatrick a starter in that secondary, Ronnie Harrison started too. Ronnie Harrison at that safety position at 6'3", playing weight at that time, 207 pounds out of Tallahassee, Florida. He started also. And Ronnie Harrison was an emotional madman on the loose. People, th people say Ruben's a loose cannon, and Ruben was a loose cannon. Don't get me wrong. But Ronnie hit stick Harrison, pimp juice. Playboy was a serious loose cannon. Emotional. This is the same Ronnie Harrison that almost got into a fight on the sideline with Reuben Foster and Eddie Jackson had to come in there and break it up. So that's just a little bit there on how serious Ronnie Harrison took the game, you know, as a freshman and how serious Minka Fitzpatrick took the game there 
as a freshman, but it'll be interesting to see which one of these which one of these guys for 2020 can step up here and carve out a role, maybe even potentially start. But folks, as always, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. Simple. You can get this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and you can get the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we have you covered on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. We have you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I will return on Wednesday, continuing with Crimson Tide Football. Ball talk with the man Matt Cadell. But till next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. Continue doing those things to legitimately not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself, protect the loved ones around you. And until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen M. Smith. This has been in my own words.